0: Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast, part two of our conversation with Jason Aker, the head coach, head basketball coach for Oklahoma Baptist University men's basketball program, is sponsored by Compassion International. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. That's the website to go. Sponsor a child today. $38 a month releasing a child from poverty. It's November. We're always looking for ways to help. It's getting close to the holiday season. Why not impact a child, directly impact a child by releasing them from poverty? $38 a month. You can do that by going to compassion.com slash sports spectrum, food, education, medical care, vocational training. This is what every child needs. This is what every child deserves and you can make it happen through Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, Jason Aker. This is part two of our conversation with Jason. He is the head basketball coach at Oklahoma Baptist University for their men's program. 15 years as a Division I assistant, and this is his first year as a head coach. Now, Oklahoma Baptist is a Division II program, and prior to that, Jason was at Mercer where he was an assistant coach there uh, in Division One from 2013 to 2018. And then prior to that, he was a Liberty basketball assistant coach from 2007 to 2013. Now, if you heard part one of our conversation with Jason, you got to know him a little bit. And I would highly recommend you go listen to that part before you listen to part two. And hear Jason's journey, just hear about becoming a head coach, that adjustment, what that's like, why and how he became a coach, and why Oklahoma Baptist was the place for him to have that journey, to have that opportunity, I should say, to become a head coach. And then we hear a little bit about um, recruiting. Recruiting is so difficult, and it's such a grind, it's such a necessary evil in many ways for coaches, and Jason talks about that recruiting lifestyle, which is tough. Uh, but it's also very rewarding in building relationships with the student athletes, and that's you know what it's what it's about. And, and in many ways, what your program is judged by is how you recruit and the type of players that you bring to your program. So that's part one. Today in part two, we get to Jason's uh, restoration story, if you will. Uh, he had an incident when he was at Liberty University, and I really wanted to talk to Jason about that incident. Um, But I just think there was so much there that we wanted to break this episode into two parts and just ask Jason about what happened uh, at Liberty, what he's learned um, about forgiveness and and reconciliation and transparency and really second chances. Um, Jason in many ways will say on this podcast that he doesn't have his job as a head head basketball coach at Oklahoma Baptist if it wasn't for uh, forgiveness, if it wasn't for God, Um, and if it wasn't for opportunities through the relationships that he built. So I really enjoy talking to Jay. Uh, I think he's going to be outstanding for Oklahoma Baptist, and uh, you can just sense the character, sense the uh, humility, and sense the man that he is uh, who loves Jesus and loves his players and certainly loves his family as well. So let's get to part two of our conversation with Oklahoma Baptist University men's basketball coach Jason Aker here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. Coaches, like every one of us, of course, aren't immune to life struggles and adversities. So your story is more than just basketball. It's actually um, one of the ways we connected a few months back and you shared your story with me. And that's when I really knew I wanted to have you here on the podcast. Tell us about what happened. It was during your time at Liberty and kind of take us through um, all of that. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of some of the things that you've learned through the process.
1: Well, I was at Liberty University. Um, I was an assistant coach. Um, I was working for a man named Richie McKay, who is now back at that school as the head coach. Um, and I was on my, on my little climb, um, was wanting to be a head coach at a very young age, um, had gotten some breaks along the way, um, with my career and Tony Bennett, um, was at Washington state. So Tony Bennett Uh, ends up taking the head coaching job um, at the University of Virginia. My boss at the time was Richie McKay at Liberty. He walked into us as a staff and said, hey, I know you guys um, are probably going to be mad at me or disappointed, but I feel like God's calling me to go serve um, Tony Bennett at the University of Virginia, and um, I'll help you any way that I can, but I've got to be true to what God is calling me to do. I've been a head coach for 15 years or whatever it was, Coach McKay, and he just said, I think it's now time for me to go serve someone else. Hmm. So he resigns, and in our business, no matter where you fit, if your head coach resigns and he is not going to another head coaching job, you are instantly now unemployed. Hmm. And so I'm sitting there in his office, and we're all there. We're happy for Coach McKay. He, you know, University of Virginia, Tony Bennett. How can you, how could he say no to that opportunity at that time? It was a wonderful opportunity. They had been friends. Dick Bennett had been a longtime mentor of Coach McKay and him and Tony had been, um, he obviously knew what Tony was all about uh, as we've seen it play out. Tony's one of the best in our industry. And so, you know, you're sitting there and you're going through all the different emotions and you're like, you know what? this coaching business isn't really that cool. Like, we had just had uh, Stephen Curry's. Coach McKay and I had recruited uh, Seth Curry there. He had just decided to transfer to Duke. Um, He was our leading scorer. Coach McKay walks out the door and goes to the University of Virginia on uh, his journey and his path in Christ and his career. So you're sitting there, or at least I was, in a very immature way, and that should have been the time where all my, you know, I grew up in a Christian family. That should have been the time where I really grabbed a hold of my faith. And I really, um, you know, clung to God's got a plan, whether it's Jeremiah 29, 11 or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But the way that I internalized that moment was. If you're going to do anything in this racket of pro or college sports, man, you got to be all out for yourself and you got to you got to literally take whatever responsibilities that you have and you not only have to do well with them, but you got to hit a home run with them and you got to hit it right now. And so we ended up, we ended up hiring a man from Marquette um, named Dale layer, who was a friend of mine. So I ended up keeping my job and actually getting promoted through that process. But inside of all that, I began to, change. I began to dive deeper into, um, you gotta, you gotta be all out for yourself because at any moment you could be out of a job. And so that's not what happened. I should have been celebrating what God had done and how I, he had provided for me and how I still was in coaching. And I was at a great place and I was doing great with my marriage and career. But as I move forward from that point on looking back on it, I dove deeper and deeper into work ethic, into production, into competitiveness. Anyone that knows me knows that I have that sickness, like a lot of coaches is, is that I'm ultra competitive, ultra, I can get angry at times uh, with my competitiveness. I have some of that junk in my trunk um, with, you know, some coaches that I've met have that to where they just, they just got to win. They have to win. And so I really clung to that. And so then I began, I'd always been on this drug, um, by the name of Adderall. It's to help those of us with ADHD. Um, and I began to figure out that the more I took that medication, the more I could work. And so if I took one pill, I could work for another three or four hours. If I took another pill, I could stay up till five in the morning. If I took another pill, I could stay up all night and work the next day. And so As I'm figuring that out, as I have this other messiness with my career involved, as I'm kind of trying to become a head coach in my own mind, not that I was, I thought that I was close. I was a long ways away from that at that time, but that's not what was going on in my head. I began to take this pill over and over again to the point to where now I'm addicted to it. Now I'm needing it. Now my body is attached to it. Now um, it's become a part of my life. Like I, I thought about it during the day. Like, man, when am I going to get my medication? When am I, you know, and I was in the beginning phases and then I got deeper into addiction. Um, so I made the mistake of I then took my Adderall prescription. I Xerox copied it in our office and I took it to a pharmacy, which growing up the way that I did not that it doesn't make it complete sin is I didn't know what the word felony meant. I didn't know what the legal system really was all about. So yeah. as soon as I did that, that's a felony. And so the cops come, um, they take me to jail. My wife comes and bails me out. Um, And then that started a whole other cycle of my career uh, moving forward. But uh, so that would be the, the short answer to that
0: well let's talk about i guess the aftermath you know how obviously god is a god of restoration and of reconciliation and that's obviously taking place for you because you are now the head coach with oklahoma baptist so take us through the healing process and the restoration process and even eventually getting back into the coaching world
1: well from that point forward um i went over to my boss's house his name was dale layer um The Falwells were obviously in charge of Liberty University, a wonderful family that they are. Um, So I instantly, my wife was an athletic director at that school. So I instantly, we go find those people after she gets me out of jail to let them know that I was going to resign and get some help. So initially, all of those people involved just wanted me to get help wanted me back with that athletic department with in my role as a coach and a recruiter um so i go to rehab um i take a leave of absence with the program um have full support of everyone there um i get out of rehab i return back to um the job um a few months pass my my uh, arrest um and uh, the felony has still not made been made public as far as newspapers or message boards or whatever. Right. So as we move forward, um, I thought at the time that it was kind of God's plan or mercy or restoration that it had not been made public. Um, I was obviously wrong. It be, ended up becoming public when I went to court and pled guilty um, to what everyone there knew I was guilty of to begin with. Um, we were Owen seven. I think at the time I had recruited the majority of those kids. They, you know, whenever uh, something like that becomes public at such a at a school with, you know the mission of that school is to build champions for Christ. They put me on administrative leave. Um, long story short. Um, I was on administrative leave all year. Uh, I ended up parting ways with the school. Uh, one week before the nCA tournament um, effectively ending my coaching career i would I was never going to be heard from again in coaching um, that team actually ended up going to the nCA tournament that next week um, my wife was there um, obviously all those kids and families were there. We were the losingest team to make one of the losingest teams ever to make the nCA tournament um so whether it was the new york times or the washington post as they were telling our team's story about hey these losers now became winners and it's at liberty and god and you know i was a part of the story but for me it was a very negative thing it was like it was just another thing of what those kids had been through losing a coach to addiction and prescription fraud and um so whether it was my career my self-esteem um, my job, my license. Um, they, they put me on probation uh, for a year. They said, if I did my probation that a year from then they would, they would wipe it off my record, but the damage had already been done publicly. Um, and the way that we think about, you know, even God can't, um, overcome Google, you know, is the way, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've said that to myself many times as it not being a joke is that, yeah. Hey, God, we, we serve a almighty God, but, God can't make my mugshot go away online. And so um, I moved forward. Um, Coach Hoffman, who was now at Mercer University, the longtime coach at Oklahoma Baptist, he had tried to hire me a few other times before, but I had loved being at Liberty and wanted to be there with Richie McKay and Liberty. He ends up talking me into becoming probably the oldest graduate manager in college basketball. Um, So I went back to graduate school at 35 years of age. My wife took a job at Mercer University, took a step back in her career on my behalf. Um, And so we went to Mercer. That first year I was there was the year that we famously beat Duke. Um, A year went by. um, One of our assistant coaches' wives actually got an assistant's job at Rice. So he resigned and the president who, you know, this had nothing to do with any decision, but the president of that school and Coach Hoffman are both OBU grads. They promoted me to be an assistant coach. And so they, uh, I get back on my feet there, um, served for another three years there as a full-time assistant. So it was like the first time where an HR department and a president and an AD and a head coach said, we know that this has gone on with Jason, but... We've seen him work here as a volunteer and we're not saying he's the greatest thing, but it's okay for him to be a coach. And so, Mm. you know, each moment along the way, you know, I could go into great detail about, you know, each moment, um, whether it's getting on the plane for the first time and you having to show your ID, um, thinking that they're going to run a background check on you for whatever reason, or that Mm. phone call from Jake Nelp, and Bob Hoffman saying that they weren't going to open the search up and they were going to give me an assistant job um cuz I applied for about 100 assistant jobs and nobody obviously was interested in me and that's not really abnormal having nothing to do with Adderall right but it's hard it's hard to get a job at ESPN it's a hard it's hard to get a job in division 1 basketball I mean it's hard enough Hell yeah yeah so when you when you throw negativity in there and now you're married and now you're a little older and now you're a graduate assistant at 35 years of old. I mean, you're, you're not getting a job. So um, each step along the way, um, there were moments of victory. There was moments of doubt. There was moments of anger, frustration. And then, you know, right before I got promoted to be an assistant coach, I finally sat down with my wife in tears and just said, it's over. Like I appreciate everything that you've done and, the people here at Mercer, but like, I'm not like, it's over. I got to get on with my life and get out of coaching. And so obviously a week later I got promoted. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, similar to, you know, my real heart is that I always wanted an opportunity to lead my own program. But as I went to the bottom and now I'm just fighting for a salary, I'm just fighting to stay in coaching. Obviously the furthest thing from my mind was, I just wanted to be around young people I wanted to I knew that I had a passion for basketball and coaching I knew that that was probably the only thing I was good at. And uh, so the head coaching thing was something that I had, I had thrown away. Um, I had let go of that. Um, um, And then for it to all come back around. um, That was that was a very powerful moment personally for me, not in what I did, but at every step along the way, and I and I don't want to vouch for God as if I know what God is doing because we are called to read his word and follow him. But we don't really know what God is doing. I mean, you know, we're just here on earth. And so I don't mean to say that I know what God is doing. But as things begin to be orchestrated in my life in a positive way, um, it was, you know, at every step, it was never this is what I did like, like this is how sinless, or this is how hard I've worked. Like at each moment, I'm like, God, like, thank you. Like, like why, like, man, I gotta do a good job. Like, what are you sure, God, like, why me? Like you start to like see that the opportunities that we get or don't get, in my opinion, this is how I um, view my faith and my relationship with the Lord. Um, I feel like we're at the, like God can give us and God can take it, take away. I don't necessarily know that that's the right way to frame it, but at each step along the way, as far as my career and to staying with me in my marriage, um, I feel like it's been God. I don't feel like all the work that I had done prior to getting arrested. I worked way harder back then, like, right. but yet more positive things have gone on. When it's been, it's not, that's not been how I thought, you know, I'm like, God, I, I different times when I speak on this publicly, the one thing that I was certain of and the biggest power that I have in my life is I was at that point where when you Google my name, you see all the articles about Coach Aker was arrested and the judge and Adderall and here's his mugshot. Is I just said, you know what? I got no shot. Like I can go be a stockbroker, I can go be a fireman, I can do it. but as far as coaching and the nature of these search firms, like I I got no chance. Yeah. But the only chance that I have is Christ. And so I don't I don't uh it gets me emotional just thinking about it, but uh I still feel that way here um today with my marriage, with the transition, with our team, with leading, with like, I got no shot. And every morning when I wake up, whenever I embrace that, those are the days where God uses me. And the days when I'm like, man, I gotta tell these kids what we're doing and they're not gonna push me around. I'm a first time head coach. Like when I think like that, like that's what Adderall did to my life. Like whenever I'm like, I got no shot today unless I'm right here with you. I know, God, you're with me, but unless I'm right here with you and I'm walking with you, like, I got no shot. And so it was, it's was. it been so true um, of my marriage. It's been so true of my career that I really have no business being here. I have no business being married. I have no business being a head coach. But with Christ, for those for the few people that will listen to this, if you have Christ, you have a shot. And that doesn't mean that our loved ones won't get sick. That doesn't mean we won't lose games. That doesn't mean any of that. But in spite of all of that, with Christ, we have a chance.
0: A couple more minutes here with Jason Aker, the head coach of Oklahoma Baptist University. They open up their season November 9th against Washburn. And Jason, again, your story is powerful, and I really do appreciate how open you've been and sharing it. And I know that um, we talk about buzzwords in the Christian world, like restoration, reconciliation, redemption, forgiveness, transparency. All of those words, you can pick one or pick them all or whatever, but I'm curious just in terms of all of what you've been through and where God has you, where he has you now, what have you learned? What have you learned from God about restoration, about forgiveness, about transparency? What have you learned about the, from the Lord through all of this?
1: My uh, boss at Liberty University at the time was a man named Dale Lair. He's now working for Buzz Williams at Virginia Tech. Um, as I was going through that, um, he used to always say, I don't know, because he he has a lot more life experience. He has many stories. Um, he was the head coach at Colorado State. He was the head coach at Liberty. Um, he's taken two teams to the NCAA tournament. He's just one of those coaches that everyone in the coaching business looks up to, and they, they know that he's not a cheater. They know he's a good man and a good coach. And so he's been a mentor to a lot of us over the years. But the one thing that he used to always say to me was, if you'll just – hang in there. I know that things are really bad. Like I know that you're really down. I know that there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to give you a job or or make you happy today. He just said, but the one thing that I found to be true in my own walk with the Lord, in my own coaching journey, in my own broken relationships with other believers and people in the workplace was God has this habit of taking sin of taking messiness of taking, um, missed opportunity in our faith and turning it into something good. He just said, I don't know. And he used to always say in, in, in those of us that know him, um, no, like I could even impersonate him saying it is he just said, I don't know how he does it. I don't know why I like, I don't know how he does it because we're, We're always at that point where we're like, we're not going to talk to that person ever again. I hate that person. They lied to me or I'm never going to do this or I hate that school. Or he just said, God just has this way of turning something bad, something sinful into something that is a value of something that is in Christ. And I hate to say this because we are me and him argue a lot all the time. (laughs) Um, He was actually on staff with me last year at Mercer, Um, but he's right. Um, Those of us that are going through hard times, or tough things in our marriage, or tough things in our career, um, if we'll just hang in there, God does have that habit, and He and He he showed it again in a in a way with my little small little journey, um, which is meaningless to a lot of the people that are listening, but. The thing that I um, have found out is that even when we give up on ourselves and and Daryl Strawberry, who you interviewed, his son um, played for us and recruited him at Mercy University and was around um, that family and that young man for four years. um, And I've heard him speak on this before. Even when we give up on ourselves – you know, and, and he his testimony is powerful. If if no one, has, if you haven't listened to it, and you're listening to this podcast, is that if you if you are one of his children, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, even when not when other people give up on us, because most people don't give a rip about us, but when we when we give up on ourselves, Christ still doesn't give up on us, and. Um, I've learned that, um, about his character. Um, I'm a living example of that, that I gave up on myself. I gave up on my career. I gave up on my dreams. Um, and I, I say this in a, in an embarrassing way, I gave up on that a long time ago. And so I didn't think that I was worthy. I thought that I had made choices that eliminated uh, myself from, from ever stepping into what God would have for me is that that's not how God works. Um, and I'm, I am saying that in a, in a point in my life where I am celebration would be the wrong word, but I am excited to be here. I'm obviously feel blessed. I feel like God's given me this opportunity. Um, but even if we don't get the job, Christ still hasn't, Christ didn't give up on me when I was a GA and applying for, All these coaching jobs, like even if I hadn't gotten one, that doesn't mean that Christ had given up on me. And so I've learned that about his character. I obviously say that on this podcast in a way to where it's a little bit self-serving because I am, I did get to what it is that I wanted to do. So some of that even rings a little hollow to me as I say it, but um, it's, I can only speak to the life that I've lived um, and career and marriage. And so I just feel like Christ is there with us um, through the good and the bad. And I'd been taught that um, since I was five years old in Altus, Oklahoma, but I've I've now got some skin in the game per se and got some sins behind me, hopefully for good. Um, and so I just feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that We can always come to Christ with our sin. We can always come to Christ, but he can do nothing. He can do nothing with our lives. He can do nothing with our heart if we're not honest with him and honest with ourselves, even though he already knows.
0: That's good. That's really good. He is Jason Aker, the head coach at Oklahoma Baptist University. Like I mentioned, they're opening up their season November 9th against Washburn. It's Jason's first year as a head coach. And, of course, listening to your story has been very inspirational my friend and we uh, we're going to be rooting for you we're going to be praying for you and of course we wish you nothing but the best both in the season but of course even more in christ thanks for joining us jay and we'll talk to you soon
1: all right thanks for having me
0: and that was jason acre oklahoma baptist university men's basketball coach joining us here on the sports spectrum podcast i thank jay for for being here on the show uh and also thank him for for sharing his story um it's funny because i remember talking to him and he might have not said this in these exact words, but it was a lot of something to do with, well, why does my story matter in the sense of how many people it's going to reach? Certainly it's mattered to him. But when we share stories, we're not sharing them to brag or to um, shine light on all the cool, good, good things that I've done or we've done. We do it to point others back to the one who is all good and all powerful, and that is God. God. Uh, and we also do it and we share our stories. I've certainly shared my stories, many of them, to help others. And that's exactly what Jason wanted to do with this podcast. And what he's wanted to do in sharing his story is to help others through it, to give them, uh, you know, a hope, I guess, like Jeremiah 29 says, you know, a hope in a future. That's what he wants to do. Um, he wants to provide hope through his story. And uh, I think he's done just that. So we appreciate Jason for being here On the podcast, we're looking forward to watching him get his season underway with Oklahoma Baptist, like we mentioned, November 9th, it kicks off against Washburn and his division two. So let's keep our eyes on Jason Aker and the Oklahoma Baptist men's basketball program here in 2018-2019. Thanks for Jay for joining us. We also thank Compassion International for sponsoring this podcast for $38 A month you can make a difference by sponsoring a child through compassion and you release them from poverty. That is so powerful. And you get a chance to make that difference with food, education, medical care, vocational training, all done in the name of Christ. And you, when you sponsor a child, are providing just that to that child. It's amazing. It's an opportunity for you to make a difference releasing a child from poverty. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Sponsor of a child today, I promise you you will not regret it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and facebook sports underscore spectrum is the handle. You can also find us on our YouTube channel with all of these podcasts as well as lots of cool videos there and all of our content a daily devotional at six a m content daily articles on the intersection of sports and faith all of it can be found at SportsSpectrum.com. Also, your chance to subscribe to the Sports Spectrum magazine. Got a great deal going, just $18 for an entire year. Go to SportsSpectrum.com, check it out, and subscribe to our magazine today. Thanks for listening. You can reach me via email, Jason at SportsSpectrum.com. Would love to hear what you think of Jason Aker's story or any other podcast that we've done. If you have any ideas for guests that we should have on, Big names, little names, small names, programs, stories we don't know about, stories everyone knows about, please send them to me, jason at sportspectrum.com. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening and taking time out of your busy day to tune into the Sports Spectrum Podcast, the intersection of sports and faith.